Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of We Can Fight Like Cuts If We Have To. My name is Sally. We have the beautiful Natasha and we have the super awesome Alon with us. Uh, we are having some pretty fierce cat fights today. Um, we have some serious discussions. Our first topic for tonight is this video that I think all three of us are left speechless because this video is essentially, well, you know what? I'm going to introduce the video after we hear this beautiful video. So here's the video, everybody. SMP question and the answer to it may not be the case for some. In a survey conducted by the Arab Cultural Club on nearly 50 people, where are you from, tops the list of questions that immigrants receive, whose reactions varied between welcome, neutral, or unacceptable. So there were three out of four people who received it in a positive way. So, have you ever received this question or did you ask others what were their actions? These and other questions were posed to a number of volunteers. Let's watch this report together to discover some facts. Where are you coming from? That's a question I've been asked quite often. And I've been asked like a thousand of times where I'm from. What is the most frequent question you have been asked? Where are you originally from? Where are you from? Where, what are you doing here? So the obvious answer is, where am I from? The first question after that is probably, why did I move to Canada? And now, how do you feel when someone asks you, where are you from? Uh, for me, it's just an opportunity to share about me, about my culture, and uh, I'm really fine with that. Uh, for me, it's just a curiosity. I don't really like that question all the time. Um, I actually prefer the question, what is your cultural background or what is your heritage? I actually like being asked where you're from because it gives me the chance to tell the story of my own path as a student or as an immigrant. I feel that I'm, I'm so proud I'm telling them that I'm Egyptian. Super proud to say where I'm from. Why do you ask this question? Where are you from? Kind of small talk. I would ask where are you from because it's a very easy place to start. It's a very easy icebreaker. One is to break the ice. And the second part of it is that I can ask Canadians or whoever is asking things that I'm curious about them. And then give me the openness to talk to them. On what depends your perception for that question? It depends how the question has been asked. Uh, sometimes it is uh, asked in a way that makes you uh, feel that you're included and people appreciate diversity. Other time, it depends. Sometimes it would be like, oh, where are you from? And sometimes a little bit aggressive. So it does make me feel uncomfortable and that makes me feel that excluded from the community. I would say there's no right or wrong question to that. It's more of how you ask it. So tone, body language, all that is bigger part, just words. Because if I said, hey, where are you from? Or I said, hey, just wonder where are you from? It's two completely different questions. The point is that sometimes the context of the question and my answer gives me an indication or sometimes I detect the tone of racism. And if that happened, simply I ignore the person. But I would say that this is a very, very real situation that is happening. And can your perception be negative to that question? I'm now married to a first generation immigrant to Canada. Um, whose parents are from Malta, and she showed me that sometimes this can be taken in kind of a negative way, sort of asking, are you actually from Canada or not? So now I try to think of this question a different way and ask it more in the sense of, are you living here in Canada, or asking that sort of question instead. So I never saw this as being negative. I think it's an easy question to start a conversation and then to engage and start knowing uh, everything. The other I would say most people that do ask the question do have good intentions, just like if I was in China and somebody asked me, hey, where are you from? I wouldn't assume, oh, they're being judgmental or whatever. Like, I would just assume, you know, they notice I'm not from here. To me, there's nothing beneath that. I don't believe that at large there is a deeper sentiment of you're not from here, what are you doing here, or any other sort of malicious intent. I think it's a show of interest in engaging with the person and wanting to know a bit about their backstory without having that creativity to come up with a clever question. Positive or negative, 
At the end, the simple question may be the bridge between you and the rest of the community. Let's take it positively and enjoy. All right, so what did you think of that video, Alon? Well, I mean, listen, it's clearly a video that was made to, you know, get a certain point across, a very positive point. They definitely hand cherry pick the people who are in it. You know, they they cherry pick the answers. Um, I did not see any person in there. There was uh, one, but she was a politician. Exactly. Uh, yeah, one, I guess. But I mean, they were all very, very Instagrammy, tan, light looking people, which is hey, more power to them. Their experience is going to be different than a person of my shape, right? That's, Actually, that's, that's the point. And that's the thing. So if you get people who, especially women, like, I, I think, you know, women of color need to realize, and I'm sure you two ladies realize, that yes, in one one hand, it's an issue, but on the other hand, you know, women get a, a lot more leeway if, if you're hot, right? If you're pretty and you're green, dudes are going to, you know, your experience is going to be different, right? It doesn't matter, right? So, you know, if you've got chicks who are naturally tan walking around with curly and straight hair, I mean, their experience is going to be pretty good. Like, let's just be... This is beyond, you know, I, I if for them, like to, I, I the video was very doctored. The video was was definitely about getting the point across that it's OK to ask that question. Even the woman who was like, oh, well, if you ask it in two different ways, mm-hmm. then, you know, one way is negative. No, it, it's it's one oh. question. Right. It, it's it, there is no right or wrong mm-hmm. way to ask that question. Right. And and I think, honestly, if you, you ask know, the wrong you, question. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's I think the the problem with the question I feel is that it's always the go-to question. So like that dude was like, "Well, it's just a conversation starter. It's an oh. icebreaker." No, it's not. Like yeah. and if that is, then you guys need to do a better job of finding an Dear icebreaker. Dear white colonialist, I do not need to ask you where you are from. I do right. not feel like that's appropriate not, that's- or necessary, dear white colonial history, historically colonialist genetics. I do not need to ask where you are from. But I mean, but uh, let's be real. But but let's be real. Like these are the same, you know, white dudes who go into a bar and can't get laid. Like because they ask that dumbass question. Oh, where are you from? It doesn't work on white women. It doesn't work on anybody, right? No one likes that question, right? So it, it's the same thing. Like no one. It's just a. It's it's an awkward question. No one. It really wants to speak about that. Um, if you want to get to know me, then get to know me. And if I happen to tell you where I am or where I'm from during the course of you getting to know me then great. Fantastic. But that's not an ice breaking question, right? It, it, it's not. And it's and not I appropriate. Do, I do. Yeah. I just feel that the whole question is inappropriate. Just point blank period. It's almost as bad as saying like, can I see your genitals to prove that you are male or female? Like, I'm sorry. It is that bad. It's, it's, it, it's to me. A, a it is there. The top five. Like, the top I'm five. sorry. It is that bad. Like nope. you would not walk up to someone and ask to see their genital anatomy. So no, but it's like you're asking me where my genetic DNA comes from. Like, and what does it matter? Like, what does it matter if I have history and privilege? Like, I I happen to think my genetic history is really cool, and and some of my genetic history is colonial white people. Like, it's it's all in there. Like, we've been colonized and changed by everybody genetically where I'm from. But it's still part of my history, and it should be my decision whether or not that is information that is pertinent to how you are going to judge me after we start to have a conversation. Because it is something that they use to measure our intellect, our ability, our stability, our security, our confidence, our qualifications, everything. Like, it's just so frustrating. And that's the problem with the question is that even in the most, you know, innocent of delivery, Mm -hmm. that person still using that question to gauge, like you just said, how they're going to treat you, right. how they're going to interact with you, if they're going to continue talking to you and getting to know you, supposedly. It's a loaded question. And, and like you said, it's one question to try to get for them to get a feel of what they've gotten themselves into. I, I just feel that that should not be the first thing that you ask a person. Clearly, if the person is a person of color, you know what, they probably may or ask may me not what's be. what's my ancestry. Well, it, it, but don't no ask cares. me where I come from. I come but from that, my mother's crotch. Like, where do you think I came from? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, it's just absurd. No, it it's is. Absurd it is. question. I agree with you. It is. I, I agree with. I'm, like, I'm is it not, that they can't fathom the possibility I, that a person of color is actually 
born and conceived in this province? Like, I just, I don't understand. No, but Sally, not only can they not fathom, but the makers of this video, which is, which I found very sort of um, an, an attempt to do it in a very clever manner, but it was very clumsy and it came across as sort of very uh, staged and, and, you know, not very bright, but I think the intention was very clever about it and try to frame this question as a sweet, harmless question. Yes. At the beginning of the video, this, this, uh, they say, uh, three fourths of people took this question in a positive way. And at the end, they're like, let's enjoy. Uh, I'm, I'm serious. Like you're telling people to enjoy being asked an extremely inappropriate probing question. And this is not, we're not talking about people who are already friends with each other. This is complete random strangers asking you in the middle of nowhere where you're from. Uh, that is extremely yeah. inappropriate. D-trigger. What if they're a refugee from a war-torn country that just survived an abduction? Like, what are you asking? Like, what is that big gash scar on your face? Like, it's the same kind of question for them. It is a humiliating, terrifying, trauma-inducing question for individuals, let's say, who are refugees in our country. I'm not even thinking about the person. And this is why I found it very- Exactly. And stupid that all, there's a whole bunch of white people that they, they interview in this video and ask, did you mean this question in a positive way? I'm sorry, why are you asking them? And are we interested in hearing why they're asking this question? And, the, and it's even being framed in a, did you mean this in a positive way? These are leading questions. And then of course yeah. they're saying, oh no, I thought it would be a great conversation starter. And someone's like, oh, I thought, you know, there's nothing right or wrong to that. No, there are some right and wrong questions. And this is just, as you said, it's inappropriate because yes. you're asking, you're not asking people, if, if this was a question between friends, people would not be offended. If I have a friend and that person asks me in conversation, chances are pretty good I'm not going to be offended. But if a complete stranger is asking me, and this is not just about newcomers, they're framing it in a way that, oh, this is for people who want to get to know you in your culture. No, they're people who no. moved from Ontario who are racialized people and who are very fluent, know exactly what they're doing, are not newcomers in any way whatsoever, except that they're obviously not white. Yeah, I think that the, the video definitely was was made to make this question okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that the problem with it is that you know, when they, the people, the immigrants that they found, the people color that they found yes. um, to go along with this. Mm -hmm. I, I think the problem is that unfortunately people of color have learned to let a lot of shit slide. So, you know what, we're going about our day, some coworker, random, literally random person in a store mm -hmm. comes up to you because they're feeling brave in that moment. And they're like, oh, where, where are you from? And you know what? I've had it happen to me. I still have it happen to me. I still have um, it happen to me. And I've been me, here for now almost here. 20, 20 motherfucking years. I'm still having this shit happen to me. Yep. And and I'm like, you know what? I I I, I get annoyed and and I, you know, sometimes I'm sarcastic in my answer. And sometimes if I feel like talking, I'll talk. But the, the point is, is that just because people have learned to accept the idiocy and accept the disrespect doesn't make it right. And I think that's the most important thing that needs to be that needs to get across in this is that the question is invasive. If you don't, if you, if here's the thing, if, if we're all friends and we're sitting around exactly. and we're having supper, you know what, if, if all I have to do is give it time mm -hmm. and I'll find out where you're from, because you're going to tell yeah. me a story. You're going to tell me a personal story and you're going to mention, oh, listen, I went to see family over in blah, blah, blah. And when I was a kid, I grew up in blah, blah. I'm going to find out eventually mm -hmm. if we're really friends. That's the thing. Like, so this whole thing of, you know, it being an icebreaker and just trying oh, to get to know God. people is just a cover. It's, it's being nosy. It's being intrusive. And it's also the approach and the way of doing it. Like, and I'm sure you two have experienced this. But it's it's literally the most awkward shit. Like I've had people just randomly come up to me with the weirdest like look on their face. Yes. And they want and and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? And then they want to be like, oh, 
I just want to know where are you from? You're not from around. And it's like, what makes you think that you can come up to me randomly? You don't know me. Like, why are you talking to me? I, I didn't seek this out. So it, it's, it's approach. It's intent. And it's just the fact that sometimes, you know, what is this, what is this saying? The, the road to hell is, is, is paved with good intentions. That's like literally what this, what this situation is. I don't care what the intention is. The approach and the phrasing and the timing are all wrong when it comes to this line of questioning. And you know what? It, it needs to be dealt with. And we need to tell people, listen, don't ask the question. Yeah. Don't ask. If you're really interested in getting to know me and being my friend, then yeah. you'll get to know me. You'll find out eventually. Right. But it's not an icebreaker. Like, like Sally said, you know what? You don't know whether you're triggering some sort of trauma or bad memories, or maybe it's too soon. You don't know that, right? You don't know, right? It, it's, it's just one of those things that it's just, even as an American, it's just uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable. I don't feel like talking about it, right? I'm here shopping. I don't, I'm with my family. I'm trying to have supper. I'm not here to talk about any of that. To answer your, you know, really inappropriate questions, but I think like the the fact that they had this group of white people that they interviewed uh, to ask them why did they ask this question? What's your intention? And, yeah, I don't know when they phrased it very cleverly, which I thought was um, they didn't say white Canadians; they said local Canadians. That's interesting in itself. Annoying as well. Implying that only white Canadians can be local Canadians. So they're like, let's ask local Canadians why they ask this question. And each time they're saying, I think it's a great question. I think it's a conversation starter. It's a great way to engage with people. Literally, Dear local Canadians, it's not. No, but literally Sorry. every time I've been asked this question, that person would ask a question, get the answer they wanted, and they did not want to engage. The moment they verified that I was actually, in fact, not born in Canada or had the right ancestry, once they verified that, they did not want a con. This was to, you know, to give them the information they wanted. It wasn't, it was never intended as a conversation starter. And I've never heard of anyone other than this group of individuals who were interviewed for this video think it was a great question. I don't know where they found these people but or if they were paid or i don't know it, it's just weird to me because i've never heard people say oh this is a great question there's a woman who's practically sobbing and saying i'm so proud to say i'm you know like really it's it's weird and it's, yeah it's a twisting of it's a twisting oh, of the narrative and, and i think and, and i think what i don't appreciate also about the video as a whole is the fact that you have different immigrant groups all battling for you know some sort of stat like there's no reason to be fighting against each other right and, and i don't really understand why listen if you if you happen to be a person of color and and you happen to you know not experience racism on a regular basis or you just are not aware of it so it just kind of goes over your head and you think your experience is great wonderful and dandy and canada's everything you dreamed it was supposed to be that's great but i don't feel that you have a right to stand up and to disrespect and to devalue exactly. individuals who say otherwise, right? So that's kind of my problem with it right now is that I feel like there's a movement that's going along that is trying to counteract what, what's, what's, what people are saying is negative yeah. and what's going on here that needs to be fixed. And you have this, this, this movement now trying to uprise saying, oh no, as if they're scared they're gonna lose, I don't know whether it's funding or resources or you know whatever they think is going to be, but again, if you are a person of color and if you are having a, a decent way here, you don't have the right to devalue those who are not having as easy of a of time here. And you know what? You should be standing in solidarity. Yep. You should be backing them up 100% because yep. at the end of the day, you should be your child. You're, yeah, you're still an immigrant. You're disposable. Right? Like, that's you right. and exactly. your kids are disposable right now. That's right. Exactly. And so because of that, you know, there needs to be a blanket respect amongst people of color, light skin, dark skin or otherwise, you know, that if one of you has a problem, you know, you need to respect that problem. And, and you know what, if your way is easy, fine, but don't discount or discredit or disrespect someone whose way is a little bit harder. Try to make it easier for them by supporting them and getting things changed. I just see, you know, a lot of so-called multicultural associations popping up with different events and different things trying to act like everything's hunky-dory and it's not 
you don't win a gold star for saying everything's okay when it's not right you, you just don't and you know what i can understand you know the excitement that that woman had on the video where she's like i'm so excited to talk about and proud of where i'm, I'm from you know what i'm really proud of my heritage i'm super super proud of my heritage i mean seriously like africans invented math they invented you know translation documents they invented some of the first trade and economy systems like they also should be ashamed because they also invented the first types of slavery um it's it's all in there but you know what there's nobody saying that you shouldn't be proud of your heritage the problem is that we are not a display of circus material we are not here for the entertainment of whoever it is that is coming up to us and asking where are you from my favorite is like the game show questionnaire are you turkish no are you lebanese no are you mexican no are you oh, i'm gonna get it right i'm gonna no you're not gonna get it right just leave me alone i i have things to do i am extremely tired i don't have time for this right now i have a screaming baby in my arms i it's negative nine million degrees outside and i'm desert people and i don't like the cold right today like just leave me alone like i need i i just need that space i need to be able to think i am not here to be an entertaining display of you know circus freak material for you and i don't care whether your intention is that or not it is how it makes me feel and when you discredit the way somebody feels you're being a bully that is not acceptable and if most people are telling you that they are not comfortable with this question so after this video that was featured in this discussion this discussion was put on by the the arab culture club okay. so i am pretty much arab i'm not part of the arab culture club i'm north african i'm first generation born canadian and i did not like that video and many people actually afterwards went on to speak about this video and there was one person at one point that i was so proud of him and he happens to be Egyptian as well. And he actually says in the video, like, I will not give them the satisfaction of knowing where I am from because I don't like that question. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what the intent is. And even if the intent is nice, it's not appropriate. And you know what? Sometimes I will feel obliged to entertain and answer your question, but it's because I feel like it at that time. And if I don't feel like it, all you're going to get out of me is I am from the North side of Fredericton. Like, and, and that is the way it should be. Like, this is like, I don't know, man. It's just this, this incapacity brain wise to process the fact that New Brunswickers can have accents, can have skin colors, can have hair textures, can have, I don't know, different heights, different shapes, different sizes. Like it's just, it's frustrating. We are not sideshow freaks. And I don't care what the intention is when you ask that question. It is triggering a sideshow freak reality reaction for us because we are suddenly a subject of your entertainment. And that is not okay. Um, the guy who is very confident, he thinks it's a very innocent, sweet question. And, and he wants to start conversations and hear that guy from an immigration. He country. either was or currently is. Yes. Exactly, which just bears, you know, bears out what we've been saying all along that they're either clueless or they're deliberately brainwashing people. It's okay to have people ask you rude, invasive, and they're meant to be rude. And they're not trying to start. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both. Honestly, I think you're right. I, I think the fact that, you know, immigration officers are not aware mm -hmm. um, of this being a problem is a problem. Um, like, like, how are you serving, you know, the immigrant community not being aware of their of their issue? Right. And, and no and no one's taking the time just to take a step back and put themselves in the, you know, the person of color's shoes. Just, just take a moment. Just take a moment and ask if you were asked that question on a daily basis by random fucking strangers. Would that be something that would make you comfortable? If the answer is no, then it, it, it's all about just realizing that, you know, human beings are human beings no matter what color they are. There are certain things about us that are all uniform. And one of those things is that we don't like our personal space being interrupted, right? Like, that's just what it is. And that question interferes with your personal space. And, and you know, and that's something that, and, and it's funny, like, white people talk about this shit all the time. You know, know your boundaries and, you know, protect your, your emotions and your mental health and, and whatever. So why is it that you were telling immigrant people and people of color 
to allow this negative energy and this interference into their personal space and to the to interfere with their mental health, a fit interfere with their emotional health. It, it's it, it's it's it, you know what I mean? There's still there's still that in, in, inequality and there's still that imbalance. No, so what's good for you is not good for them. That doesn't make any sense. You're reinforcing this, uh, you know, this this um, this attitude that if you're a newcomer, because this woman actually says at the end of the video, just relax and take it in a positive way. Like that's gaslighting, first of all, and you're telling people what to think and you're negating their discomfort. And it's just, I found it an incredibly harmful video. I know we were laughing, but it's, it's very harmful because of who it's going to be aimed at because they produced it uh, with the apparent intention of having this sold to newcomers by the multicultural mm -hmm. agency. Absolutely, and you're right. Targeting specifically the younger generations. Yep, but you're right, to program them and how to react to that question, right? Exactly. Oh, you're a newcomer. The, the, they're trying to make it as if this is a Canadian uh, yeah. cultural way of life. So you should it's expect not. this from Canadians. No, it's not, just Canadians like you don't expect the woman in life. the grocery store to show you her breast size just because you ask. <laughs> don't ask me personal information that I do not feel like talking about at that time. No, absolutely. If you wouldn't like, give out your same SIN, thing, it's the same thing. If you wouldn't give out your SIN number or, or, and you protect your pin for your interact card it's the same type of information. And it you goes don't further. ask for your SIN number. You, you don't ask for your pin number. You don't ask for where someone's from. It's all on the same list. Oh, I can't even talk it. Like it, it just, it grinds my gears so much, but as a survivor, of extreme violence as a child of color, where my identity was used as a weapon to like destroy me. Like I'm still convinced that some of them, their intent wasn't just to damage me, but it was to kill me. Mm -hmm. You cannot expect me to not be defensive when I hear that question. You cannot expect me to not get angry when I hear those words and to immediately put up my guard. That, that's going to be automatic. It's going to be automatic. I'm not going to tell you, even if I tell you who I am, even if I just indulge you in like your hilarious, you know, curiosity treasure hunt. Okay. Even if we want to play this treasure hunt game of where am I from? You know, I am making the choice to be civil, but I do not think that you are acting civilized. And I do not think that that question is acceptable. And just like I do not expect a man or a woman to walk up behind me and pinch my round bottom, I do not expect people to come up to me and instead of saying, hi, how are you today? Isn't it a lovely day today? Those are what real icebreakers sound like today. Like, what do you think of the weather today? How was your shopping today in the grocery store? Did you find everything you were looking for? Oh, that meat roast looks great. You want to talk about like being in the grocery store? When I'm shoving a cart with all my groceries and a screaming baby. With all due respect, the last thing I want to be is on your game show. It's a very, I think it's a very harmful question. And every time I've been asked it, it wasn't asked in a pleasant way. And it wasn't asked with the attempt of starting a conversation. Like there was one time I was in a, a weight loss group and this was um, just sort of, they go around and they just ask you your favorite foods or whatever. And then she literally asked me, where are you from? Okay, this is, this is five women. And I would have said the planet Jupiter. Are you, like, I, and I'm thinking <laughs> serious, like I was just had my mouth open, did not ask anybody else that. And this is a nutritional counselor who's running a weight loss support group asking each woman, what is your favorite food? You know, because you start with that. And then she asked me, so you're, um, where are you from? Before she even asked me my favorite food. So people ask this question in highly inappropriate ways. And highly it's not settings. to make, you know, to be your friend. And I've never literally outside of this bizarre, strange video, I've never heard any group of people saying I felt so thrilled when people asked me this question I felt like I wanted to share my culture this is ludicrous it's absolutely ludicrous and it's harmful and I honestly think this video needs a rebuttal because if they're thinking of playing this to newcomers that's really damaging because you it's, are giving them it's uh, mental conditioning mental conditioning it's brain it's mental conditioning absolutely brainwashing and then 
if you, um, I mean, we, we're only playing the video, but like if you, if the viewers have time, you can look up the rest of the, the webinar that goes with it. And they then invite a sociologist and an immigrant. We'll put the video up on our page. Exactly. For anybody who wants to see this particular they, meeting, this they conference. Will, they try over and over again to convince everyone that this is an awesome and keep saying what could make you think a you know negative question and they're just they just keep asking it in different ways to try to get the answer they want and it was it was really harmful i thought it was incredibly harmful i think it's it's dubious honestly the intentions are dubious and you have to wonder who's who came up with this and what is the end goal which is obviously not a good one for immigrants but we need to address these kind of things because they're going on all the time. These subtle attempts all the time at brainwashing and conditioning and gaslighting are constantly going on. And if we don't say anything, they will go unchallenged. And it is time to start challenging them because this is unacceptable. It's gone too far. It's gone too far. In my opinion, it's just gone too far. Like you are literally having people pay money to come into this country and you are telling them, we're going to do things that are going to make you uncomfortable and it's your responsibility to adjust to it. Daily. Like there is, we would not go up to someone and ask them a question that would make them uncomfortable. So why are we making an excuse to justify this? If people of color are saying it's inappropriate, it's inaccurate, it's unfair, it's crossing a line. If we're saying all these negative things about the way that this question rubs off on us, no, why is it that we are still making excuses for this question? And I thought it was interesting, like Alon pointed out, that they made a point of somehow they've got an awful lot of young, attractive women who are being uh, asked this, what, how they feel about these questions. I think that was all so intentional and look at the countries uh, they come from a- like they're glamorized yeah. hollywood countries like even yeah. the one incredibly dark clearly descendant of some sort of african background woman came from yeah. france yeah. she didn't exactly. even acknowledge and, and when i'm sorry but when people madam if you are listening to this right now if people are asking you where you're from they're not going to be satisfied with france as an answer i'm telling you because they're not satisfied when i tell them canada is my answer they're not going to be satisfied when alon says canada is his answer they're not going to be satisfied when natasha says canada is her answer and if you ma'am cannot understand that then you need to open your eyes and look at what is going on you're part of the problem if she's thrilled at being asked this question that's on her but do not ever presume to tell other people how to feel because that's what they're doing. And that's really, really not okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I once, like I had this, this um, actually she was an immigrant woman. She was a Filipino woman. She was married to a white guy and she was on cloud nine. And she asked me, she just came up to me in a hotel lobby and where are you from? And I, I actually thought she was crazy. Like I was a little scared because I was thinking, who does this? This is very weird. But she just, and she said like three or four times and I'm thinking, what is wrong with this woman? Because this is not normal, but people have this sort of thing that they have this right to ask you this question. And she was, it was bad enough that she was a person of color and an immigrant herself, but she was getting the confidence to say this from this white dude she was with. My daughter was, I think, 13 at the time. And she went, okay, like what's wrong with her? Because it's really, it sounds abnormal. It's not the concept of boundaries. That's what's wrong. But it's abnormal. You're going up to a total stranger and asking them where they're from. That's really weird. And it's not normal. And don't try to normalize it because this video is this, you know, sad attempt to normalize it. And it it absolutely needs to be called. And it's not okay. You know what? Sometimes I'll walk up to someone and be like, you look like you could be Egyptian. And I am literally talking about their genetic background. And I am wondering if we are, you know, somehow sharing in heritage. But when somebody comes up to me and they do not have a similar background, that is not their intent. I am a puzzle for them to solve for their entertainment. It is a different thing. You are no longer trying to connect with me. You are trying to dissect me. And that is not okay. If I want to let you into my space, I will let you into my space. If you want to get to know my world, you got to get to know me. And then trust me, I am a very proud Canadian Egyptian woman. You will know <laughs> that I have funky hair because I am an Egyptian curly girl from North Africa. And that is the way it is. And the other thing is, 
we need to instill in our education a little bit more knowledge of the map yeah. because like my favorite is when someone refers to someone as African and I'm like, do you know how many countries are in Africa? Do you know how many countries are in Asia? You cannot refer to someone as African or Asian. There's a lot more to that identity. And the fact that you can just say it so blank gives me the impression that you don't even care what the heritage is. You don't care about the traditional inherited culture and identity that this person, not this thing for your entertainment and your puzzle solving pleasure, this person, you don't care about them. And that's not okay. Oh, we can go on about this for a long time. So I'm going to ask if there's any closing points before I move on to an even bigger mess that is related to this. Uh, I don't know. I just wish people would just be more cognizant of what their, uh, what words are coming out of their mouth and just really kind of reassess uh, what your intentions are. Poorly worded questions a poorly worded question. And like I said earlier, it's, it's, you know, it's interference of personal space. It's, it's negative energy. We don't know you. So our defenses are up. We're not looking to talk about that whenever you approach us. Um, if you really want to get to know somebody who you feel is not local, then there are other ways to do it. There are other ways to go about it. And in time, you'll find out what their nationality is if you really stick around and really want to get to know them. But again, make sure your intentions are right. Like, don't be befriending people because you think it's fun or it's trendy or, you know what I mean? Like, there are a lot of, there's a lot of nonsense going on in that realm too. So I would just urge anyone uh, who is a person of color to not tolerate that question. Um, if you have, if, if it gets, you know, proposed to you, if you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. Mm -hmm. Straight up. You do, you do not have a obligation to answer that question. If you were out no, with your yeah. family, if you are not in the mood, if you were not in the right mindset. You don't have to answer. Even if you're in the right mindset and you don't want to answer. That's you right. If you don't want to answer it, you don't want to answer it. And anyone who is white or local, as that video said, I, I would hate just that really, word. I would that just really, I would strongly recommend just please be more cognizant of who you ask, where you ask the question. And, and again, why are you asking the question? And just don't ask the question at all. There are other, like Sally said, there are other ice breaking phrases and questions that you can ask. Hi, my name is, is a great way to break dice. You know what I mean? Like, I love your so, shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where'd just, you get your mascara? There's, there's a million and one different ways to talk to people. Uh, please yeah. use them. Yeah. Nat, you want to give a statement on that one? Well, I said a lot already, but uh, if you're a newcomer or an immigrant or a person of color. And I think we all know as, as people of color, you can here for 40 or 50 or maybe hundreds of years and uh you don't have to answer it and uh don't let anyone tell you that it's okay because it's not okay and like i tell my kids i, I had to sort of tell my kids at some point because i saw their confidence going down as they got older and i said i want imagine the next time somebody invades your personal space or asks you inappropriate questions i want you to pretend you're white just do it they're like huh like, no <laughs> want you for that moment to think what would a white person do if somebody asked me this question that's and and that just completely changes how you react but like, absolutely that's what i would say you know i would say no this is not okay for you to be asked completely uh invasive questions unless you want to volunteer yourself for whatever reason that's your choice but nobody has a right to ask and you don't have to answer and as for the really clueless white people in this video who are like, oh, no, it's totally not malicious. I think it's an awesome question. Um, you know, that's that's your opinion. And please keep your opinions to yourself because they're really uh, they're really not relevant. They don't matter at all. Oh, they really like, don't. Not to be rude, but they don't matter at all. Actually, even if it is rude, they don't matter at all. Point blank. They don't matter at all. Like, why are you putting your your curiosity above somebody's comfort level and it just blows my mind like how we continue to not cease to gaslight people of color like this is literally going to be another tool to gaslight people of color which brings me to my next point which is professor rima azar from mount allison faculty of psychology this is what blows my mind i think the most so for those of you who are unaware of what we are talking about right now a professor of psychology at Mount Allison University had the audacity to criticize the head of the, is it New Brunswick BLM? Uh, no, it's the Black Lives Movement, uh, Fredericton. So it's the Fredericton, the head of Fredericton BLM, Saini. She criticized him and yeah. proceeded to say that there is no such thing and, and, and discredited a research yeah. 
that said, in fact, that there is systematic racism. And she discredited it and said, well, no, there is no such thing as a, as a systematic racism or even racism in New Brunswick. It doesn't exist. And, and not just New Brunswick. She went further and said it's not in Canada. And then she, she refuted this, this guy and said, if there was systemic racism, why would you get an award? So he got an award from his university for his activism. And so in her mind, if there is racism, nobody of color can ever get anything. Ever. It's a really stupid thing to say. I mean, I'm just wondering, how is this woman a professor? And, you know, who, who listens Forget to her? professor. And professor of psychology. You are in a field where you are not only supposed to be compassionate towards the entire population of people struggling to cope with life, but you are grooming and preparing the next generation of people who are going to deal with the mental health pandemic that we are already facing in this country. And I assure you that the mental health crisis is in fact a whole other level when you are a person of color. Because when you are a person of color, you already have the predisposition to being discriminated against and judged and misqualified. But on top of this now, when you go to get help, you are fully essentially told that you are yeah. delusional and this problem does not exist. And this is actually the same problem that I as a child faced over and over and over again when I went to try and get counseling to cope with my normal day-to-day stress of being a visible minority and getting people who had absolutely no clue or cultural context or anything about me because all that really matters in history and in sociology is the colonial white culture of white quote-unquote local Canadians. It blows my mind. Like, I'm sorry. I know she's tenured. But this is a violation of her her career as an educator. Like, this is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. This is bad as her missing research. This is as bad as her not publishing. This is as bad as her not fulfilling an academic requirement of having a certain number of people perform to a certain level. Because I can tell you right now, they're not performing to a certain level. If this is the kind of attitude that their professor is coming in with. And you know what? Kudos to all the white professors who are rallying against what this woman said and being criticized by the media for being white professors, calling out a woman of color who said something so blatantly ignorant and stupid and hateful publicly and hateful and dismissive. And you know what, Rima? I hope you hear my voice because quite frankly, what you said is so thoroughly disgusting. I understand you survived the trauma of a war a horrible civil war in a country. But you know what? I survived a militia by myself here as a freaking child. So you need to shut up and get educated because for a professor of psychology or a professor of anything, you are damn ignorant. I would, again, I would completely agree with what you're saying, but I'm going to take it one step further. And I don't think she's ignorant at all. And it links with this Arab culture club uh, group that produced that video, because I think they also knew exactly what they were doing. And I believe have a similar background as this professor, which again, does not surprise me. And I know that you mentioned that she's from, you know, a civil war. And um, I don't think that should be used by her or the people who are defending her as an excuse for her causing violence. This is a violent, you know, violent thing to say. Absolutely. You know, unless you're deaf, dumb, and blind, and you're a person of color, you would know that discrimination exists. So she knows it using her academic, you know, um, what's it called? Standing to, to, to propagate this, 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 uh, this very false narrative that she's spreading. So again, she's dangerous. She's not, she's not ignorant. Absolutely dangerous. And she should absolutely, tenured or not, to disgrace her to this university. Because to have, it's bad. It's one thing when a white person who has never seen discrimination, who's never had it directed at them, that person is saying, well, I don't see racism. First of all, I, I would still think they were pretty, pretty clueless. But it's one thing when they say it, that's bad enough. But when a person who is, a, you know, some kind of minority themselves is saying it doesn't exist, that is much worse. It's, it's disgusting. Worse. 
And when it comes from, and this is- It's treason, quite frankly. It's treason, exactly. And I have seen this with specific minority groups in New Brunswick, that they will jump on this bandwagon and her, you know, her people from her background are one of them. They will jump on this bandwagon. They will say, we are, you know, we are your friends. They're selling themselves to the white settler community saying, we are your friends, we're your allies, and we're going to insist there is no discrimination. And they are very strong about it. And it's it's uh, two or three, and there I would say two or three different minority groups, and they will go to town with this. And it's not just her. She just happens to have been called out for doing it. It happens on a regular basis. And I've come across it regularly from this, this particular group. That wherever you go and you raise the fact that this this department is racist or this group of people or this this um, staff, they will be there and say we're people of color and we're saying they're not. So this is not an accident. This woman again knew. And what is kind of scary to me because it looks like there is an uh, not an underground movement, but a very sort of it's not underground. It's in your face. Yeah, very pervasive movement uh, by a group of minority people from, you know, two or three, I would say, backgrounds who are white passing and will sort of, you know, step in and shut down other minority groups. And it's absolutely disgusting. I don't believe it's ignorant. I think they know exactly what they're doing. And it's time that we started speaking up and telling them to shut up and stop telling other people that their pain doesn't matter. So it's absurd alan you wrote you pretty much wrote and published or are in the process of publishing a monologue on this well a video monologue so what is your take on this yeah i i think that both of you are absolutely correct about this woman i i feel you know this is one of those things where you know i read the art there was actually another editorial article that was written in favor of her yes um, and, and you posted that in the national group post it was, it was in the national post and that was basically what my uh my editorial uh pieces is in answer to that editorial piece in, in the national post and basically what the national post editorial was doing was saying that her perspective is needed um and that her perspective is is, is unique to the conversation and that, you know, okay. shame on these white professors for, you know, calling her out and this, that, and the third. And, Let's and, take and Proud I, Boys and, off of the terrorist list in that case. Yeah, like I, I disagree with, and I, and, I, and I say this in the editorial, I disagree with that with that editorial um, simply because of the fact that, again, you don't have a right to downplay someone else's suffering. You just don't. You know, for this woman, you come out and to publicly make these statements that one is very brazen of her to do. Um, And number two, you know, you already achieved your status. Like there's no reason to go around, you know, continuing to kiss ass like this. You know, there's there's no reason for it. But I mean, for her to go ahead and to try to discount a survey that one is the first of its kind here in New Brunswick, mm-hmm. like you stated, Sally, secondly, done by a person of color and initiated by a person of color. And number three, the data clearly showed that the majority of white people interviewed and who took the survey were the ones that said that there is clearly racism and systemic racism here in the province. So it was the majority of white people who were saying, yeah, we know we're racist. We know that we're not being fair, that they're the ones who literally were saying this in the survey. So for her to come out and to try to defend white people, it's like she didn't even read the survey. You know what I mean? Like, like she didn't realize, she didn't realize that, you know what, like the people who you think you're defending are the exact same ones who in the survey anonymously made it clear what all of us people of color have been saying from, for, for decades is that there is clearly racism and systemic racism that exists and that is practiced on a daily basis. Um, but I mean, Mount A right now is no stranger to, to, to scandal and to drama right now. So, you know, this doesn't surprise me, but it does lend me to tell people to take a closer look at Mount A. I mean, this is a person that's part of their faculty on top of the sexual assault and and cover-ups that are going on at the university. I think there needs to be a a greater microscope placed on these maritime universities, namely Mount A. Um, Because like you said, Sally, this person is, is teaching a whole new generation of psychologists and people who are supposed to be trained to deal with others' mental health and and their perceptions of the reality and world around them. And if you have someone who is going to blatantly say that, no, you're wrong, whatever you're experiencing is wrong. And then what I didn't like about what she had said was the fact of her comparing what's going on here 
with atrocities that she had been through back home. The fact of the matter is that wrong is wrong. Just because it's not at the higher level that you may be used to doesn't mean it's not wrong. That, and the higher that level means, is there. She just was fortunate enough not yeah. to get it. Right. But 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 she wants to make the point that, oh, you think it's bad here. Oh, you think you're being discriminated here. Oh, you think there's rape culture here. Oh, you think you're being, you know, uh, you know, abused here. You don't know what it's like back in my homeland where they do this, this, this and this. And again, just because it's worse over there doesn't mean that what's going on here is right. And it doesn't mean that you can tell an oppressor or or a person who is being oppressed, excuse me, you can't tell a victim that, you know what, what they're going through isn't as bad as they think it is because it could be worse, right? So like we're a first world country. We have a charter of rights. Like we have a list of things that we're supposed to be happy about. So you can't compare this first world country to third world atrocities where people's rights are not supposed to matter. But we we still act like the rights don't matter here in Canada. Right, but that's exactly what she did. And instead of her being, you know, the catalyst and saying, hey, listen, I come from a place where it's worse. So I know what this looks like in its infant stages. And if we don't nip this in the bud, it's going to get that bad. Instead of her doing doing that, she's going ahead and telling people who are being negatively affected by the system that, oh no, you shouldn't think this is bad at all. And that's the mistake. It's again, it's, 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 it's that programming. It's, it's, it's that whole thing of trying to tell people who don't know better what they should think and what they should feel and how they should react to these racist scenarios. And for her to come out, you know, honestly, like I said, I don't know whether she feels like she's securing her spot, whether she thinks that she owes some people something or whether she truly believes the nonsense that she's feeling. But I mean, I'm I'm going to lend to the fact that she believes it. If she's come out on yeah. many occasions and said this nonsense about, oh, you think it's bad here in Canada, it could be worse. So don't think that it's bad. And it's not, you know what I mean? Like for her to dismiss what's going on here, um, I think it's just atrocious and I think it's deplorable, Um, especially someone in her position as an educator, um, as a professor, not even just an educator. She's a professor. This woman has the right to publish papers um, and, you know, to really have a strong influence and say, um, you know, she's a dangerous individual. When it comes yes. to immigrants, and, and 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 I think people need to realize that that this will. I hope that this this incident hopefully will let people know and see her for who and what she is. This woman is very dangerous to immigrants and to them. You know, fighting peace, for rights. Quite equality. frankly, you know, because she's willing to keep everyone yes. in the dark ages because she feels like nothing is wrong. And again, more power to her yes. for achieving what she's achieved. I'm not taking away her accomplishment, but again, it's one of those things where you're in a position of power and influence. You need to watch what you say and you need to make sure that you're not shitting on other people in order to maintain your spot. I want to make it perfectly clear that your tenure doesn't mean shit. I'm going to be really honest here. My father wanted to come forward and make claims to the police to tell them what happened to me as a child um, because it was connected to the university where he worked and he was a tenured professor. He was hired as a tenured professor. He was the first qualified PhD engineer at Université de Moncton. Not only did they threaten his tenure position, but he was told, you're not Acadian. Nobody's going to believe a thing you say. So how dare the National Post act like she's untouchable with her tenure? Because I can guarantee you there are plenty of people of color. There are plenty of people in general that we find loopholes around that tenure track contract. So I'm really like, let's stop pretending that she is completely untouchable. That is not okay. And if there is such a thing as a position where you are of authority and of power and you are completely untouchable, first off, that's a dictatorship. Second off, that should not exist. And if a professor is sexually having misconduct, is any kind of major scandal, they would find a way to cancel this tenureship. So for the National Post to be like, she can't be terminated. Like, this is a woman who knows that she's within her. No, 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 no. Step aside, please. My father's tenureship was threatened because he was a non-white man whose child got her ass beat. She should get her tenure revoked. 
Absolutely. Or whatever the hell the word is, because she has no professional integrity, period. To say no, something that... like that when you are supposed to be someone who is compassionate and teaches compassion and support, you are teaching hate. Yeah, I mean, the National Post also wanted to go ahead and try to throw the the, the white professors who were coming yeah. out and 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 you know what I and and, and I there's, there's a part of the of the editorial where you know he's like, oh, back in the day, you know, CBC. Would have never reported on this. Time and trans would never. And you know what? He's not wrong about that. They wouldn't have. But my answer to that is that just because they didn't back in the day, that doesn't make them wrong now. They should have always been putting a microscope on things like this. And so, yeah, are they getting on the bandwagon right now because it's trendy? Absolutely, they are. And I agree with him on that. Yes, CBC and Time to Transcript and everybody else is trying to get in the bandwagon, trying to look like they care about diversity, care about equality, care about equal rights that they're anti-racism. Everyone's trying to do that now. And I agree with him on that point. But what I don't agree with is that he feels that these professors are wrong in speaking out. They're not wrong. What's wrong is that they've never spoken out before. Exactly. That's where they're wrong, but they're not wrong now. They're definitely not wrong now. And I think that they should stand their ground. It's she's wrong. She's dead wrong. You have a survey that was put out by the Multicultural Council headed by a person of color that clearly stated that there is racism and that there is a problem with racism and systemic racism here in New Brunswick. That is that is now data factual proof. So for her to come out and discount that I, again, it's like she didn't read the survey. The uh, the, the majority of, of the majority of, of people who responded to the survey were white. The majority of people who said there was systemic racism were white. These were not people of color. So if we have the oppressor saying that they're oppressing, leave <laughs> it alone. No, but. That's where you get into the competition between different minority groups, which is what you see a lot of in New Brunswick, because they're so unwilling to tolerate anybody mm-hmm. at the table besides themselves. So there is vicious competition between minority groups here. And um, there are two or three who are always sort of like the favored ones. And, you know, uh, Lebanese Canadians are absolutely I would say top of the list. One, they've been here longer. Two, they're white past. And three, um, they, they have the same religious background. So it's these things work in their favor and they're very um they're very and having had that advantage for a decent amount of time they are not willing to share that you know piece of the pie so if it comes out that there is you know massive widespread racism that is holding other people back then guess what's going to happen people are going to start changing things making it easier for other people to be at the table and they're going to lose their favored minority status so again i don't think this woman was you know um being ignorant she knew exactly what she was doing. She was solidifying her community. And th- this whole Acadian thing, you brought up the Acadian thing, Sally. And I've noticed like people, for example, Francophone uh, speaking immigrants will be very quick to latch on to the, you know, we speak French too, and we're supporting Acadians so they can get that boost. So there's a lot of strategy involved. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, minorities who throw other minorities under the bus. They're not, it's not, all, it's sometimes it's out of fear and sometimes it's a reflex but when you have a person who is a professor again a tenured professor who has made it that's psychology not acting out of fear but that person is solidifying their community's position and making sure other people don't lose uh don't get the benefits that they are used to getting so this is about competition this is not about her being a clueless fool she's not a clueless fool and i also know she's a dangerous monster exactly i wonder how she did indeed get this tenured position because not everybody who deserves tenured position gets tenured position no so she got the tenured position because to my mind like given how unscrupulous but you know how she got the tenured position though well you know how she got the tenured position because she she checks off the boxes exactly. she's an immigrant she's a woman so that checks off two boxes right there so i mean if, if you're looking at i mean you're absolutely right what you're saying trust me it did not work for my sister for the longest time who's veiled yeah. No, but I so I'd like right to, I also dare that professor to go to my sister and say there's no systematic racism. Yeah, but I mean, right place, right time. You know what I mean? Like, the, I mean, it's all about the stars aligning and, and her just being the right the right nationality at the right place at the right time. Right. Like it's it's not the like, right rhetoric. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's anything. That, 
No, but you she's know. there's a lot of ass kissing involved here. I mean, obviously, oh, absolutely. it's not just absolutely. And and people who are very good at it uh, will get more, you know, more more stuff done in a shorter amount of time. And people oh no, will, there's people who will take advantage of that. So no, you're um, you're absolutely woman, right. Yeah, you're absolutely exactly right about what, that. I think this university thinks to think long and hard about having people like that teaching their kids. Yeah. Um, because that's scary. I think students are so, going to have to another, also make harder decisions because even though Mount Allison is closer yeah. and a good price and they can stay at home, this is not a quality education. Yeah. This is this is the stuff, I hate to say this, but this is the stuff genocide yeah. starts with. This no, kind the of university, literature, yes. the yeah. university kind of rhetoric, to, I mean. Yeah, the university needs to take a stand and, and, yeah. and you know, and, and, and get her out because, I mean, you know, this is not... You know, overall, this is not helping, you know, anyone's uh, initiative but her own. And I think, exactly. I think Natasha, Natasha is completely right. And, and, and I stated this, you know, the, briefly earlier about the fact of other immigrant groups not having, you know, other immigrants groups back. Like, this mm-hmm. is a perfect example of that. You know, you have you have a situation where you have, like she said, white passing, you know, immigrants, um, yeah. you know, who are going to go ahead and take their advantage wherever they can. Um and that's a problem. And I think that's going to be that's the inherent problem mm-hmm. with people of color getting ahead. Right. That that's the inherent problem of, mm-hmm. of racism, because it's not always the white man that's doing the inequality. Right. That is not always it's not always him. You know, it's, it's going to be another immigrant. It's going to be another person of color who is looking to secure their position. Yeah. And they're going to do what they have to do to, to keep it there. And yeah. and so that's part of the battle that we fight. Yeah. Right. It's 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 yes, it, it's it's the white male power structure. It's it's white systemic racism that's that's based in slavery and based in oppression. But it's yeah. also other individuals who have found a way to work the system and are not mm-hmm. going to see their spot like at the table. Like you said, taken away. Um, it's a fear thing. It, it, it's kind of like the better the devil, you know, I guess, like where they figure, well, you know what, like we got this far, that's it. But it's it's hard. Yeah. It, it, it makes the battle a lot harder when you have someone like this who supposedly on the face of it, you would think would be totally pro, you know, immigrant, you know, pro anti-racism. You would think that this is a clear decision for her. Yeah. And it's not. I, I dare say that she's probably afraid of either people asking her how she feel, really feels or asking, you know, or maybe people taking a closer look at her even being a professor. I don't know. You know, I think there are many reasons why. I don't think I doubt that why. it's even how she really feels. No, I, I think, yeah. no, she believes her rhetoric. There's no question she believes her rhetoric. She wouldn't have said it on Twitter if she didn't believe her own rhetoric, right? I think mm-hmm. she just figured that because she reached a tenure position that she was untouchable and that no one was going to say anything. And I think, you know, I think she's finding out that she's dead wrong. But uh, no, I don't fault the professors for saying what they what they've said. Um, I think that editorial in the National Post is exactly that an editorial. Um, I don't feel that mm-hmm. her perspective is is valid. Um, so the I don't know. Far right. The National Post makes all these crazy, uh, ludicrous points all the time. So I'm not surprised that they have a writer from the National Post saying she's an awesome person. But um, no, it's totally wrong. Um, she is a threat uh, to to what's it called progressive discourse, and I don't know. I wouldn't keep her there. No, I wouldn't. But... And do it, but I think this needs a rebuttal. Honestly, it needs. Um, I think from because um, she's being framed as a person of color, um, and that's not how she's seen. I don't think that's how she sees herself. Because I've seen a lot of that self-delusion with people from the South Asian community mm-hmm. who did not think they were not in their head, they were white. Yep. Uh, so they they identified with white. And it was a shock to them when they realized, oh, they were not in fact white. So I think that there is a possibility. I know many people with that dilemma. does not see herself as a person of color. Mm-hmm. I think she does not see herself as an, you know, a minority person. I think she's, because I read it, I read her blog and it comes across very strongly. She identifies with white. That's why she's, you know, has this, um, what's it called? Uh, frame, frame that she's seeing everything, this lens that she's seeing. Because if you in fact think that if you try hard enough, you'll be white enough, then yes, you'll absolutely sell out other people of color like without without thinking about it. you're that desperate and there are a lot of people whether it's her personal reasons or whether it's to 
because they think their community is like the the best one but there are a lot of people who do that so i think that it's time that we stop tolerating them and and letting it go and you know all these um other self-destructive sort of things and we should absolutely start calling out these people and make it very clear that they're not you know they are absolutely not going to get the person of color card that they can use say well i you know if I, if there was racism, I would have seen it. I, I'm sick and tired of hearing that. And they wouldn't again, keep a sexist professor. Um, they shouldn't keep a racist one either. Not keep one, especially not in what she's teaching. Yeah. If she was teaching math or chemistry or something, who cares? Different, yeah. but psychology are used. Yeah. Alon, do you have any last points on this topic? Uh, no, I, I just, uh, not, not really. I mean, honestly, you know, this just goes to show the uphill battle that we have to fight here in, in New Brunswick. Um, that again, we're not just fighting, you know, the, the, the white, you know, male power structure We're we're fighting other immigrants We're we're fighting a lot of things. And, uh, it just shows how, just how, how deep the problem is, right. We have a system. We don't have a choice. Here. Yeah, but we have a system set up that's made us fight against one another, right? Yeah. So, you know, you give a bone to one or two other individuals and yeah. they want to hold on to that bone. And it's, it's the same with the Acadians and with, with what they do and how they move. They yeah. were given a bone and they don't want to let go. They don't want to help the indigenous people who help them. They don't want to help any other immigrant group because they've got their bone and they're not letting go. And so, I mean, that's just how New Brunswick works. Um, but it just shows that, you know, the battle is, is, is widespread that, you know, it's infiltrated even our so-called allies and mm -hmm. it just, it just shows how, just how hard and how, how much we have to work to make things right. What about you, Natasha? What do you think? Last closing points. I don't know. I, I just feel so drained thinking about this woman and her, you know, horrible. All <laughs> <laughs> draining. That's what fighting like cats is, draining. But I think it has to be done. I think that it's enough silence, uh, enough of people telling us to be quiet and say it's okay. I think we need to say it. We need to be loud. We need to stand together. And I think we need to really just sort of um, not allow this kind of crap to go along on anymore. And enough complacency. I think there's a point where we need to put our foot down and just, you know, be sovereign to and committed to ourselves um it's just it's it it has to be done if we don't fight for ourselves no one is going to fight for our children and that is a promise that is an absolute promise it was so nice fighting like cats with you guys again um it was always a pleasure alon um, your points were on the ball again and natasha you were so so brilliant both of you thank you so much for another great conversation Everybody, we hope you tune in. We hope you enjoyed this episode or we hope we gave you some food for thought and we would like to hear from you. So you can contact us on uh, Facebook or you can email us directly at we can fight like cats and bees. So W C F L C N B at gmail.com. And uh, we want to hear your stories. If you have a story, if you have an experience, if you have a topic you want us to talk about, message us. If you want to contact us and remain anonymous, you can totally do that too. We have a security system that we promise complete anonymity if that is what you want. So we want to hear your story. We want to know your experience. Contact us by social media or by email. And we look forward to having another fight of cats with you. So thank you all so much for tuning into another episode and have a wonderful day.